Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Sales is Easy podcast, a place where we try to simplify and demystify the sales process and help you with learning the formula to overcome all the setbacks we experience and try to make sales easy. I'm your host, Alan Meyer, sales expert, and I firmly believe when done by skilled professional, sales is easy. In today's, today's episode, we will cover three reasons why you lose a sale and what to actually do about it. So let's dive in. We all heard the saying, you win some, you lose some, and it's 100% true. But as a successful salesperson, you're not interested in settling for winning some of the deals and simply accepting that you lose a few as well. So a successful salesperson will set about discovering the reasons behind lost sales and will learn from these causes in order to advance and beat the odds. No more settling for win some and lose some. You are in the business of selling, so let's focus on winning the deal instead of being prepared to lose the sale some of the time. That being said, you cannot be expected to get the sale 100% of the time. You know that. Sometimes the sale is lost to conditions beyond your control, but it does help to understand more about those deals that slip through your fingers when they just may have been saved by foresight and a little more training. Don't be depressed by lost sales. They will happen during your career, unfortunately, and at times it may be unavoidable. But success awaits you if you are determined to pick yourself up, learn from the cause, and become even better through your perseverance and passion for selling. Progress comes with learning from mistakes. It was Theodore Roosevelt who so wisely said that the only man who makes no mistakes is the man who never does anything. I agree 100% with this. So let's take that a step further and say that we are committed to understanding the causes of our lost sales and that we will undertake to remedy them so that we may progress along the road to great sales success. What are the three basic reasons behind the lost sale? In order to understand the cause of the lost sale and to find ways of overcoming these in the future, it's necessary to make a good, careful analysis of the factors that come into a potential sale. We have the salesperson, we have the product or service, and we have the prospect. So as well as being the factors of a sales transaction, there are also three main causes behind lost sales and should be addressed individually. First, the salesperson. I didn't pay enough attention to my service delivery. As the person 
top-notch service and attentiveness is par for the course. You cannot expect to woo a prospect and then obtain his business if you pay zero attention to the details of your dealings with him. Even the finer points make a difference, such as keeping your appointments and being on time every time. And if your service delivery is poor before you even met with the prospect, he or she probably expects it to become even worse once they purchase from you. Your prospects will be inclined to head for the hills before he or she will commit to a contract with you. Your conduct is indicative of the kind of service your prospect will expect if they enter into agreement with you. Next point is, I couldn't control my frustration when the prospect kept me waiting. Well, patience and self-control are also very admirable and important tools that you will need in order to maintain the high levels of service. The business that you don't get today might just come through to you tomorrow, as long as your prospect has been impressed by your knowledge, by your dedication, and your professionalism. Another reason here is, I didn't have a good understanding of their business or their needs. Well, when it comes to success in selling, first-class service is an absolutely essential part of the deal. And this includes being prepared for your prospect in every possible way by understanding their business, their potential needs and wants, maybe even before you even meet with them. Trigger events, anyone, right? It will prove to be a great asset to your selling pitch if you can demonstrate a high level of understanding surrounding that your prospect has and their particular requirements. This will ensure that your approach is appropriate and the talking points are important to their business. Fourth point is, I was not well prepared for the meeting. (laughs) Guess what? Try to conduct yourself properly at all times, demonstrating the fact that you are well prepared for any meeting. When you are unprepared, you may tend to rumble and talk about points that are not at all applicable to their situation. You try to wing it. And what's going to happen? Your prospect will lose interest and they also may wonder about your level of expertise if you have not managed to understand their business sufficiently. Right? You put more questions in their mind. Point number five, I dropped my professional guard and tried to be too friendly with the prospect who didn't appreciate that, right? So remember this, each of us is different and it will tolerate familiarity in different degrees. It's only appropriate to enjoy a professional relationship where you conduct yourself respectfully and from a polite distance at all times. Unless there is an invitation from your prospect on a social basis, it's never wise to become their friend when you're dealing with a business situation. It's a fine line. Think about it. Next point is, I'm not particularly enthusiastic about the products or services that I sell. Well, guess what? You must be enthusiastic about what you're selling. If you are not, how can you expect others to be? And also, if you're not interested in the product or service yourself, you have no desire to learn more about it and it will be ineffective. You will be ineffective at sharing the information with potential buyers. I couldn't answer the prospect question. Point number seven. Well, if you are unprepared and do not know your products well enough, you will be unable to answer your prospect question or even understand their needs. And in order to sell your products effectively, you need to understand it thoroughly and believe in the value that you bring it to the table. Next one, it's hard to admit, but uh, I bullied the prospect into listening to my sales pitch. It's your duty to educate the prospect on the finer details of your products or your services and all its features and benefits. But you also need to listen to their concerns so that you may address them effectively 
and be an asset to the process of discovering their, the ultimate business solution for them, as opposed to be just another person who talks too much. Remember, your clients will never say you listen too much. Point number nine, I frequently repeated my statements. Well, repetition is sometimes necessary and can be of great value when properly used. But to do so too frequently only displays a lack of training and not a really good plan of your presentation. It can also indicate a loss of self-control. Now, if you're well prepared, you will use repetition as a tool to highlight all the good points you have instead of rumbling while you try to find your place. Stop winging it, right? Point number 10. I did not follow my strong points when I had my prospect interested. When you see that a certain line of discussion, conversation is creating interest with your prospect, follow it up with new determination, more enthusiasm in order to turn that interest into desire. It's not like playing darts. You try to throw 20 different things and see what sticks. When you see reaction, positive reaction, continue, dig deeper, ask questions, try to create the conversation around that part of the topic. Uh, also, I exaggerated and misrepresented the product. Not many salespeople will agree on that, but remember, any misrepresentations will always be discovered at some point. Honesty is the best policy, as always, and it will win you far more repeat customers than an exaggeration of your product would. On the contrary, when the prospect uncovers that you misrepresent something, he will most likely never return to your business, and will, it will actually spread the word. It will advise others of their bad experience with you. Point number 12, I failed to clinch each point as I went along. Well, you need to actively lead your prospect into desiring the product or service and make sure that he or she has a great understanding of the product you're representing, all the features and benefits, and also what's the deal that you're offering. Be clear, be specific. One big point is I couldn't close the deal. Well, you may have been weak in your conversations. You are not able to create interest, no desire. And maybe they have lots of other objections yet and you are not able to eliminate from the conversation. And you're rushing through. And closing a cell, it's easy when you have people who are interested. And it's your final test, you know, how good you are in creating the value in the eyes of, the, of your buyers. One big point also is I lack the power of persuasion. Well, there are many secrets of persuasion. I'm talking about this on this podcast very often. But being persuasive is very valuable skill to have. The power of persuasion, not manipulation, of course, enables you to overcome any final objections while trying to convince the prospect of all the positive things that come from dealing with you. Few more points. Point number 15, I didn't practice the art of suggestion. Well, I have a training on uh, embedded commands and art of suggestion, but it's a subtle, it's a very powerful thing. And it's not about manipulating somebody, it's pushing people to make a decision. Yes or no decision, because you don't want to be in a maybe land. Imagine this, you talk and suggest certain features and the benefits of a product you're representing, and there is nothing, there's no response to your effort. So what do you do? You start panicking, you start creating, imagining things, or you put some suggestions that should be positive and should lead to the next step. It's all about finding the right words and right approach for your customers. Number 16 is, I didn't urge my prospect to do something, to sign the order. I didn't ask for a decision. And sometimes a prospect simply needs a little push 
a little tip of the scales to help them weigh up the deal in their mind. And by urging your prospect to sign the order, you're calling him to action. Any call to action is better than nothing. And you have to anticipate that they will do something positive. Urge your prospect to sign on the dotted line, to do something, to to answer your question, are you buying or not? No, you're not directly asking are you buying or not, but something like that. And the last point here is I couldn't identify the appropriate time to try to close the deal. You need to constantly keep your finger on the pulse of the deal. Be ready to ask the, the closing question at the critical moment. But it's all about you understanding the dynamic of the conversation because we need to lead the conversation. So always be aware where the meeting is heading and take control how the discussions is actually moving forward. If you step ahead at all times, you will be prepared to seal the deal when the critical moment happens. So as a salesperson, you are the driving factor of the sale. Your strength, your determination in closing the deal will ensure its success or failure. And being properly prepared to meet your client's needs gives you the strength that you need to address this deal successfully. Don't be the simple force behind the sale. Be an effective, be an efficient force and ensure your success. And more importantly, connect with your client. Nothing can work on a broken connection. Now, second point is the product or service. As a qualified and professional salesperson, you are engaging with a prospect in order to sell them a product or service. Of course, the object here is to demonstrate what you're selling in the best possible way, in the most positive light. Anything less than this completely defeats the object. But here are some problems that actually salespeople do when presenting. First one is, I did not make a clear or complete analysis of what am I selling. And the prospect will not be interested in purchasing anything, your product or service, if you are unable to present it well. If your attempt at demonstrating the product's efficiency and value is half-hearted, the prospect will have no desire to discover anything further about what you are selling. So if your intention is to highlight all the strong features and benefits of the product that you're offering, it's important that you are well prepared to do just that. You need to present a clear analysis of what you're selling and do it so in a manner that's specifically beneficial to their this specific customer needs. So you need to have a good knowledge of what you're selling and all of its features and benefits. Next one is, I have a feeling we are too expensive. Well, a prospect may be interested in your product or service, but if they think you are too expensive, it may destroy any desire they have for it. So the best approach in this situation is to focus on the value, focus on the quality, focus on the excellent service that you're offering, and to remind the prospect of all the benefits that will come from utilizing your products in his business. Well, nobody's just buying the cheapest solution out there. But if, you, if you're not building the value, if they cannot differentiate between your expensive and cheaper product, then they will go with cheaper one. Next point is, we are too new, right? The product or service I'm selling is very new to the market. Well, if you're new to the market, if you start a company, for example, then of course, customers be, may be really unwilling to be the first to test it out. But this can have a good advantages for everybody if they are willing to take a measured risk. It's up to us salespeople to demonstrate the potential, this measured risk involved, and to reassure the prospect the advantages of owning a new product or service that far outweigh the risk. Focus on the benefits and the positive things. Next point, I failed to mention all the warranties and after-sales support. Well, as you probably 
know that a prospect will also be intrigued to know about what kind of after-sale support you're offering, what guarantees on products or services you have. And you need to have a certain amount of reassurance to backing up your quality. And this applies especially when the product is very new to the market, hasn't been commonly tried and tested. So if your company is able to offer an excellent backup plan and after-sales care, then they will feel more at ease when investing in a relatively new product. Next, I didn't have the appropriate sample materials with me. It happens. I know it happens very often. And presenting what you have and doing the demo and taking care to display quality is a, it's a, a, of the utmost importance, I would say. A bad demonstration with reference to poor or outdated samples or demo that's showing the, the old technology, old solution, will not really portray a positive or encouraging image. Your customers, they need to see what they're investing in and they need to feel assured they're making the right decision. You need to show them quality in your product, in your presentation as well. Remember that. So first impressions are lasting and will determine much of your success or failure in sales. Please always make every effort to be well prepared with your product display and your demos in order to show your potential customers effectively, efficiently what is they are investing in. Now, and the third reason is your prospect. And it's a big one, right? So as the salesperson in a deal, it's up to you to conduct yourself with complete dignity at all times, to be professional, right? But remember, your reputation in the industry will always precede you. So maintain a brilliant reputation that will act as a business card representing you and your company. But you will, during the course of your sales career, you will have the opportunity to encounter every kind of characters and many different kinds of deals. As a professional, you should be prepared to accommodate each person and his or her unique characteristics. Being flexible is the key here. And it will smooth the way forward, allow you to focus on the sale itself and on providing the ultimate solution for your prospect's requirements. So I listed here, I'm going to list a few, few points about the prospect. One big thing is the prospect and I did not see eye to eye. So sizing up your prospect is part of the skills that you will acquire in selling. That's basically reading their mind, right? While you carried out your due diligence about your, their business before meeting up with them, again, trigger events, trigger events, trigger events, you will spend some time observing them, trying to understand who they are in order for you to make the appropriate approach. Maybe they like chit-chat, chit-chat spend more time on that. If they don't like it, just go dive into the topic. But you cannot use the same tactics on each prospect. Adjust your tone, your manner, your behavior according to the needs of your prospect and according to the environment that surrounds the sale. Next point is, I didn't really have a good understanding what the client needed. Take good care to listen carefully to their questions, their inquiries. You will find you learn the most about them and their needs when you listen to what they have to say. This is a priceless information because without that you will not be able to prepare properly, you will not be able to demonstrate the ultimate solution for their needs. Again, I'm mentioning this very often, clients will never say to you, you listen too much, but they will tell you when you talk too much. Next is the prospect decided they don't no, no longer wish to use my products or services. And if a client has decided to no longer make use of your products, you need to really discover why this happened. It's who's whispering their ear, what they're whispering, what's happening here. And Cooperation is the key here. Cooperation with the client and you may need to start from scratch, creating a new fund desire for your product or service and try to regain their interest. 
highlighting all the improvements that happened recently or that are coming soon, it may help the situation and spark some new interest. But you need to discover the cause behind the problem. And then do what you can to save the situation. If a prospect has successfully used a product in the past, there should be no reason to prevent them from using it in the future. A few more points. The prospect has always been well treated by his current suppliers. So when meeting with a satisfied customer, it's always difficult gaining entry into their business to become one of the new vendors, new suppliers. But it is possible. You will need to gain their confidence by displaying a superior knowledge of what you're doing and how you can help them about their business and being able to reassure them of the benefits of your after-sales care. They got you, right? If they are assured of quality and expertise, they may well be interested in having you as a supplier or not putting all the bas- all the eggs in one basket with existing supplier, but, uh, you know, diversifying. Next point, the prospect had his mind on other business. And at this point, it's wise to call back again at another, maybe better time. It's not a good time right now. There's no use in pushing the deal if you cannot grab their interest in the product and create a desire for it. If they're not there, try to book another appointment another time to really have their focus. You need 10 good focus minutes rather than one hour of of semi-focus. I have an example for you here. One of the guys are trained. He said, I'm walking into my client's office. That was in Mexico City. And the guy is on a laptop answering emails. And he said, you have 10 minutes. Talk. And what am I doing as a poor salesperson? I talk. Well, I said, no, don't do that. Ask questions because nobody can, uh, you know, write emails and answer questions. And he said, I'm going to try this next time. What can I lose? And he started asking questions. How do you currently do this? What are you thinking about that? What's your opinion on this? And the guy just stopped typing. And he looked at him saying, oh, can you repeat the last question? You want people who are focused in your conversation. Ten minutes is more than anything. Better than nothing. And uh, two more points. I disregarded the prospect's questions. Remember, they will ask questions about something that interests them. You will always get questions. You always have obstacles. You always have objections. You should always address their concerns. Don't brush it off and display a good knowledge what you are representing, your products or services. And if customers see that you really are interested in their questions and their requirements, they will be more open to continue discussion with you, allowing you to talk further and to book the next step. And the last point about the prospect is this. They were not interested in taking on another vendor. So if they are concentrated on a particular vendor, it will be difficult to be another one to introduce another product or services to them. But convince them, you know, it's good to actually have something that is separate, but just having all the eggs in one basket, just relying on one vendor because market change, company changes, and you don't want to be caught off guard without having the B plan, so to say. So try to squeeze yourself, put a seed in their mind, talk about what you do better, if you know what, what you're doing better, right? Focus on that rather than saying something negative about your competitors. So in closing, we're talking here about three big reasons why we lose a sale. Remember, sale is made in the mind long before a prospect signs a purchase order. And if your presentation has been good and your closing discussion arguments are effective and the presentation flows naturally, then the buyer decides that they want to buy your product or service. Discover as much as you can about your prospect and their business before you meet with them. Learn about trigger events. 
We had podcasts on that as well. You know, events that might trigger the opportunity for you. What's changing within your account currently? And have the ultimate solutions ready to show them and allow them to see that you're not simply selling them a product, but a solution that's tailor-made to suit their needs. It's all about them. Focus on them. Again, your behavior must be unquestionable at all times. You are there to assist your prospect, be a help in their decision-making process. Sometimes they need a little push, little secrets of persuasion can help you, little suggestions as they assess their requirements and try to offer the best possible solution for the specific situation they have. But please, never become discouraged as a result of lost sales. To the best of your ability, discover what's the cause of the lost sale and try to find the remedy so that you may be better equipped to handle the next time, the next presentation. And using your arrows as a stepping stone and as a learning curve will serve to make you successful in your industry, stronger and more educated than those who quit trying after a few bad situations. So to summarize, there are three major reasons why I lose a sale. Think about it. Is it you? Is it the product or service you're representing? Or is it about the prospect? And try to find out what's the reason of a lost sale. Learn from it. That's how you can grow in sales. And this is how you make the sales process easier for you and for everybody involved. If you like this podcast, please subscribe because we are releasing podcasts, uh, two podcasts per week. And also, I encourage you to send me your questions about the sales issue challenge you may have, you, you experience right now. I'll promise to answer it in a future podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Alan Meyer. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.